Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. There are a ton of exciting things happening right now in the Balanced Black Girl universe. So many fun announcements that I cannot wait to tell you about before we dive into today's episode. First and foremost, if you have not yet heard, we are doing our very first live podcast here in Seattle on Friday, June 21st, and I could not be more excited. If you've been following Balance Black Girl for a little while, you know that for the past few months, we have had our book club meetups, which have been so wonderful. I love getting to connect with listeners of the show and women who are reading our Balance Black Girl book picks. It's been one of my favorite parts of creating this community and doing this platform. And I'm really excited to have another in real life connection opportunity that's a little bit more related to the show. So on Friday, June 21st, we will have our very first live podcast here in Seattle. And you can go ahead and click in the show notes for more information on that to RSVP because I would love to see you there. The theme of the live show is going to be all about creating community. That has been a huge theme of this show. That has been a huge topic that I know is at the top of mind for a lot of us. We spend a lot of time online. We spend a lot of time connecting virtually. And I think a lot of us are really ready for those in real life experiences. I know that's something that I've appreciated. And I know that that's something that a lot of us are seeking. So make sure you RSVP for for our live podcast event. We're going to have incredible guests. It's going to be a really fun evening. So kick off summer with the Balanced Black Girl community. So before we dive into today's interview, I also wanted to share the review of the week, and it is titled Finally. The review says, I've been looking for a podcast like this for a long time. I've literally searched for podcasts for black women and have been disappointed with the results. My coworker sent me a link to one of the episodes and I've been hooked ever since. Each episode explores a topic that I'm interested in or have experienced myself. I have lived my entire life looking around like where are all the black people? This includes yoga studios, dance studios, the gym, work, meetup groups, traveling, etc. This podcast explores this dilemma and provides suggestions to help combat it. I have been listening to it while I work and have been inspired. I finally did not feel so alone. I've also found a trap yoga studio near me and will be trying it tonight. Thank you, Les, and all of the guests for your honesty. Your suggestions are helping me grow into the woman that I have always wanted to become. So first of all, thank you for this incredible review. I literally have chills reading that, just so many elements of that review where she said she had previously felt alone, but is really seeking out community, kind of back to that community piece that we were talking about around the live show. Um, I definitely know how it feels to look around and think, where is everybody at? And they're out there. You just have to find those right spaces and places, and hopefully we're able to help you find them. And last but certainly not least, y'all know how much I loved the book Becoming. It was our very first Balanced Black Girl Book Club pick. Balanced Black Girl Book Club had a chance to sit down and talk about Becoming with Michelle Obama herself. So now around the word Becoming and the theme of Becoming is very special to me. So the fact that the suggestions from the show is helping that listener grow into the woman that she always wanted to become is just really, really beautiful. And I am so honored that this show has helped with that. So if you have not yet left us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. It is the best thing you can do to support the show. 
really is what helps us get out there. It's what helps us people find us. It's how iTunes decides who to show the podcast to. And we're really, really looking to grow this community so that when you go to yoga class or so that when you go to those studios, you don't have to look around and think, where's everybody at? Because the show can help us all connect and they'll be there with you. So please, if you have not yet already, make sure you leave a review. Also, if you listened to last week's Feel Good Friday episode, which was our last Feel Good Friday episode for a while, you may have seen that Balanced Black Girl podcast is now on Patreon. For months now, I've had people ask, how can I support the show? And in addition to leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, a lot of people have wanted to support the show from a donation standpoint, which is wonderful. So we are now on Patreon. In the future, Feel Good Friday episodes will live on Patreon instead of publicly. So if you're missing those Feel Good Friday episodes, definitely take a look at our Patreon page also linked in the show notes uh, to help support the show that way. So lots of announcements, lots of chatting today, but I am so excited to get into today's interview with you. Today's guest was absolutely wonderful. I loved this conversation and I know that you're going to love listening to it as much as I loved being a part of it. So our guest today is Koya Webb. Koya is an internationally recognized yoga teacher, personal trainer, holistic health and wellness coach, author, motivational speaker, and professional fitness model revolutionizing the holistic living landscape. She's the creator of Get Loved Up, a platform that encourages people to love yourself, love others, and love the planet by practicing environmental sustainability, plant-based nutrition, and mindful movement. And in this conversation, I think part of what I loved so much about talking to Koya was just her energy. She just has such a calming, soothing energy that for me, I tend to be kind of high energy, a little more wound up. And so talking to people who just have such a calm presence is always just really comforting to me. I really appreciated how open and candid she was in sharing her story with us today. And I'm also excited because because next week, June 11th, her book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth is going to be released. And I am so excited for this book. I know that fear is something that can be really, really challenging to work through. And when you're approaching life from maybe a fear-based mentality or a scarcity mentality, it can be really, really debilitating. And I I definitely believe after chatting with Koya that this book is going to be a really great resource for your toolkit to help you get through feelings like that that we all have. So let's jump into the show. Koya, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the warm welcome. Yes, I'm so happy to have you here. I am a huge fan of your work. I love Get Loved Up and the platform and community that you've built there, which we will definitely talk about. But I would love for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. So can you please tell us where you're from and what led you to the wellness space? Mm, I am a Southern girl. I'm from Humboldt. Tennessee. Most people don't have never heard of Humboldt or they think of Humboldt, California. Mm. But Humboldt, Tennessee is deep in the South. And I wasn't even in the city of Humboldt. I was in the country, the sticks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was raised in a trailer. And it was four of us uh, kids and my mom and dad. So six people total in the South, in the country. And that's that's how I was raised. So I was always out in the field. I was a little tomboy. Uh, I always loved connecting with nature. My mom used to have us sing to the trees and just just be in nature and have fun. Uh, one of my fondest memories was making mud pies. Like after a rain, <laughs> we just grab hands full of mud and make pies. And we take the pine cone trees and make French fries. <laughs> just make our own meals. And um that's pretty much my upbringing. My father was really strict. My mother was just a lover. <laughs> and so I had like kind of a balanced household of like really strict upbringing and also kind of like do whatever you love <laughs> upbringing. 
So I'm a product of the two. I kind of do what I love, but I also am very disciplined as well. And I think that definitely helps me. Um, and then being in the country and running to catch the bus for school, I naturally got good at track and field. <laughs> so, um, I um, went through um, high school and ended up uh, getting a track and field scholarship to Wichita State University. And uh, I ran there for about two years. And at two years, I was running, I was hitting the books hard, just very disciplined personality, like, thank God I got college paid for, mm -hmm. you know, I got to do my best, be my best, do all the things. Yeah. And then one day when I was working home from school, I got this pain in my back and I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. I'd mm -hmm. never felt that before. And it didn't go away. So I went to the doctor after a day of just feeling it was a sharp shooting pain. I actually mm. dropped to the floor when I felt it. And then, you know, when I was able to get up, I was like, okay, that was weird. Yeah. And, it, and it didn't stop. So I told my coaches, they sent me to the doctor and they were like, I'm sorry, Koya, you have a stress fracture. You cannot run. Like you really need to just like lay down mm -hmm. until this can heal. I'm like, I mean, and me as an active person, yeah. happy go lucky person, I'm like, lay down. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't fathom life. At this point, I ran um, all my years in high school, and then two years in college. So I was eating, living, sleeping track and field um, for all of those years to make it to that point. I mean, at that point, I was slated to win the conference meet the next year. So I was in the gym two hours a day, on the track four to six hours a day. I, and then when I wasn't there, I was studying mm. and trying to get some sleep in. So it's no surprise that I got a stress fracture because the stress fracture is from um, repeated stress to the yeah. bone in a specific area. So I was devastated. I was crying in classes. I, I just felt like, well, what am I going to do? Why am I alive? I don't want to be here. Like everything that I've worked so hard for, for the last, you know, six years of my life, just one day completely taken away from me. Mm. So it was hard. And the teacher saw me crying in class and, you know, she tried to be kind of lenient with me, but I was a little bit like hysterical because I just burst out <laughs> like this oh. really hyperventilating cry yeah. in the middle of class. So she's like, you know, I'm going to send you to the counselor. Maybe she can help you. You seem really sad. And, you know, um, so she sent me to a counselor and the counselor was like, you know, Koya, it's very common, you know, in athletics when you you know, this happens, you are probably experiencing, you know, depression, and you need to just kind of get something that's going to uplift your mood. <clears throat> and I was like, I don't know what that could be, because I have nothing to smile about right now. And uh, she said, why don't you try yoga? And at that point, I didn't know what yoga was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I thought it was Buddha. And I was like, <laughs> this is worshiping idol gods. I can't do this. I'm Southern Baptist. <laughs> and you know, she's like, no, 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 no. It's just stretching. And I'd never been to a yoga class. I really didn't have any yogi friends. It wasn't popular in the South. It wasn't a thing like it is now. So I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't have a choice. I was depressed. Honestly, I was just like, whatever. I can't be in class. So obviously I have no other choice. I have to go here. So I went into the class and I'm seeing people doing all these things with their bodies, sitting in Lotus, doing headstands. And I am like, there is no way. <laughs> There's no way. Like, I can't do this. This is not me. I'm an athlete. I run track. I'm just frustrated at this point because I'm like, now I'm in this class with all these people smiling weirdly and doing all these poses that I can't do. Mm. So I was very intimidated when I first started. I couldn't even touch my toes. I was so tight. My hamstrings were so tight. I could do a good back bend because I had to high jump. Yeah. But I really, from all the running and the sprinting and the lifting, mm -hmm. I stretched a little bit, but I, I wasn't stretching enough. So uh, the teacher saw my frustration and she came over to me and she was like, Koya, you know what, just, just breathe. And she took a deep inhale with me and an exhale. And in that moment, I felt bliss. I yeah. felt really connected to my soul. It was like, you know, when you when you feel sand in your whole entire body, just this this very tingly feeling all over. And I was like, okay, I don't know the last time I took a deep breath mm. since since the injury. So that felt great. So I was like, okay, I can do that. 
I can breathe. I can yeah. breathe deeply. Yeah. So I just started breathing and I sometimes I'd be in poses forever and just breathing and, and start crying, but it stopped being a hysterical cry, more of a releasing cry. Mm. And eventually the poses started to get easier. I started to actually enjoy cries. Lotus still hurt. I mean, I was sitting mm. in it for a couple of minutes and then it hurt. So yeah. but after a while I was able to stay in the class. I started to feel my back get stronger. I started swimming. I started biking. I started getting my sleep. And after a year, I returned to the track and won the conference meet in the heptathlon, which is seven events, and the mm. high jump, which was my major event. Yeah, that it was amazing. It was a dream come true to me. Yeah. It was a gift, a beautiful gift. Absolutely. And I think our bodies will give us kind of wake up calls when we need them. And it sounds like that's exactly what, what happened with you. And it helped you create a more holistic approach to help you still reach that end goal, but in a different way that you probably wouldn't have realized if it weren't for that original injury. Absolutely. Like, I don't know if I would have ever found yoga so soon. And I was, I think I was around 22 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so profound. And I don't even think I know it now, but then I did not know how profound it was. All I was like was, thank you, yoga. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I honestly, I didn't really understand what was happening to me spiritually. All yeah. I knew was this feels good and I'm back on the track. So I am good. Yeah. It wasn't until um, a year later when, uh, no, two years later. So I did great. And in my senior year, I ended up ranking 13th in the nation. And my marks were getting so, you know, good that mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to potentially train at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista. So my marks were, it was like they had standards to get in. And I was so close. Yeah. So I rung up this coach in California. His name was Ron Sheffield. And I was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but can you train me? <laughs> and he's like, who are you? I was like, Koya Webb. He's like, I don't know you. I was like, I know. You don't know me, but I know you. Well, I've looked you up and I think you can coach me. And I just, I was, it was a, it was a shot. And I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. All I knew is that I'd been to California, San Luis Obispo on a track, uh, one of our, I think spring breaks. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to California and feeling what I consider sexy weather. I was like, (laughs) Oh, this weather is so sexy. Just warm. It's not like that now. Thanks global warming. We need to do better. Mm -hmm. But usually it's nice and warm. And and I was like, I want to be in that sexy weather. I want to train and I want to go to the Olympics. And so I, I called him and he, he was like, you know what? I was like, I will get better every single day. That's what I promise you. And I said, if I don't, then you can stop training me. And he was like, you know what? I think he just liked my personality, my go-getter. And I wasn't really taking no for an answer. I was kind (laughs) of like, I know you are the one. (laughs) You are my my guru, you know? So um, so he agreed. And I flew out. I got a place. I saved up some money while I was in college. I was personal training at the um, YMCA. And I was working with the Kids Fit program because I love, love, love children. Mm-hmm. And so I saved up my dollars from being a personal trainer and working at the YMCA. And I got me an apartment and I started training hardcore, just like I'd done before, training hard. And then I was working. I got a job at 24-Hour Fitness. I would go to the tra- I would go to 24-Hour Fitness 5 a.m. to about 10 and tra- train others and then I would go to the track for 46 hours and train myself and then wow. I go back to 24 hours and train others oh my I had a waiting list my schedule was packed and you know what happened oh, your body say no my body's like girl who do you think I am <laughs> <laughs> as if I didn't learn the first time but again yeah. I didn't know I didn't understand mm-hmm. that I was overworking myself I'm thinking get what you want lose sleep go boss the wall like you know just Mm -hmm. you if you want it go get it you know and I was just so determined to make a difference and the main reason that I even wanted to get into the Olympics was to make a difference in the world and be an inspiration to younger kids I felt like these people on the boxes and (laughs) Marianne Jones was my you know Mm -hmm my idol at the time and I was just like I want to make a difference and I want to you know do these things 
And I would look at different athletes like, you know, Lisa Leslie, and I, I'd be like, yeah, I want to do that because people listen to those people. And, yeah. and I want, I want, that's how I'm going to make a difference. And so, uh, so after I pulled my hamstring uh, from just not getting enough rest and taking a toll on our body and not l- allowing my body to recover, you know what I went back to? I went back to yoga mm-hmm. and I, cause I remembered how it healed me the first time. And I said, thank you. I wasn't doing any yoga. I went straight back to the track. Mm. I forgot all about it. Yeah. And now I consider yoga my best friend because you know the, how best friends are no matter what, no matter how you treat them, they are still going to be there for mm-hmm. you no matter what. But a lot of time our best friends, we don't even consider, you know, like, wow, am I really aware of how good this person or this thing in my case is to me Yeah, and how profound. So I went back to yoga, but this time I was like, you know what? I need to understand more about why this is so healing to me. So I decided to get a yoga, um, go to a yoga teacher training Mm -hmm. and learn more about yoga. And that's when I started deep diving into nutrition and started studying plant-based nutrition. And I learned um, in the meditation as I started to get more flexible and more mindful and studying the eight limbs um, of yoga. I was like, wow, this is why this is so impactful. Yeah. Not only physically to heal my body, but mentally and spiritually as well. And that's really what gave me my stronghold. And I say, you know what? I want everyone to have this gift because I felt like it was a gift. It was given to me twice before I really realized how beneficial it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want everyone to have this gift. And I started to become a yoga teacher. (laughs) So in addition to personal training, I started teaching yoga and holistic health as well. Yeah. And you know what I love about that is just with your original mission, what you originally wanted to do was have a positive impact on people. And you're still totally getting to do that just in a different way through this through this different path that is still incredibly impactful because you're giving people the gift of health and with a holistic viewpoint of of teaching people how to incorporate the physical, the mental, which is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it it really does. I feel just give people permission. Like we all have goals when we're younger. And I think sometimes when people feel like those goals aren't realized, they feel like failures. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I didn't reach this goal or now I'm too old for that. Or maybe I did that younger and now I've decided to, you know, do something different. And I think the beauty that I've found with my path is that there are so many beautiful things that we can do in our lifetime and nothing is really failing. It's, it's more of a continued exploration. Mm, That's good. I love that. Yeah. It felt good to like explore and just have that thing. And if I ever wanted to run again, I could, Mm -hmm. I could go to a track. I mean, I might not be focused on because the metal, it was never the purpose in the first place. But as you said, I am, you know, speaking and traveling the world and, you know, I finally went to Africa for the first time. I'll be going to Egypt in October and Thailand and Bali and Hawaii, like all these places that I loved. And that was one of the things I loved about running is to go to all these different places and meet all these different people. Because, you know, in the South, it's not as diverse as like California. Mm-hmm. And I love meeting and understanding different cultures, different people and how people live in different parts of the world. So having the opportunity to do this and make a difference and be a voice in the world is definitely um, where I wanted to be. And I just took a different journey to get there than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you said that because that's something that I feel like I definitely needed to hear is it can be so easy to get discouraged when things don't necessarily go according to plan, but sometimes there can be a different plan and that's okay. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of times we don't realize that it is the journey. That's where the juice is, mm-hmm. you know, and if we can find the juice in the journey, whether we reach our goal or not, we have so much to be thankful for. So on my journey to being an inspiration or, or some someone people would listen to, I learned how to take care of myself. I learned how to take care of this planet. Mm-hmm. I learned how to eat a plant-based diet. I learned meditation. I learned pranayama. I learned, you know, how 
our thoughts or things and how what we think creates our reality that we live in. Yes. I learned all the impacts of stress on the body and on our health. Mm -hmm. So not only the physical body, but I realized that people, when we're suffering from things like, you know, cancer and congestive heart failure and all these, you know, diseases, a lot of time it's because of the stress we put on ourselves emotionally. So even my stress fracture was from physical stress. We also go through emotional stress that causes the body to weaken yeah. and causes us to be success, susceptible to certain things. Mm-hmm. And now as a coach, I'm able to meet people where they are and say, hey, you know what? Wherever you are, we can move to a healthier place. And that's what I like to do um, in my practice and when I work with others. I love that. And I know along the same lines, you talk a lot about self-care as being incredibly important in one's wellness and wellness journey. And I would love to hear more about your journey to really making self-care a priority and what self-care looks like for you today. I think self-care is self-love, you know, and we say we love ourselves, but I feel like if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not eating healthily, you're, you know, strung out on coffee or drugs or any of those things, then it really does affect your health. Mm -hmm. And I feel like loving yourself is living a healthy lifestyle, not a perfect lifestyle. We all are going to do those things that we like, (laughs) you know, but it's more balanced. It's about finding the balance so that you don't suffer diseases or diseases or stress, you know, related things because you're missing the balance. And that's what I think is so important because some people say, feel like, oh, either I'm living my best life and doing everything I want to do or I'm on this strict regime, you know, and it's mm-hmm. so it's so black and white. And it's like it can there's a happy medium in there. Yeah. So I like to remind people that you don't have to be perfect and go on and on and off that diet. You can just eat less processed food, eat more fruits and vegetables, drink a ton of water take a bubble bath, get a massage here and there, listen to some fun music, dance around. So all these practical applications that we can all do on a regular basis Mm -hmm. to maintain that balance of health. Yeah, absolutely. And all things that are achievable, attainable, that anybody can do, anybody can take a moment to breathe or to center themselves. It doesn't have to be, as you said, so black and white. I think sometimes it can be very easy to miss the flow when it comes to wellness and when it comes to self-care. And mm-hmm. when you take the approach of, of trying to infuse it into things you already do, it feels so much more approachable. I agree. I feel like, you know, in my personal routine, I basically, every morning I wake up I, you know, write down what I'm grateful for. It's a beautiful practice to do in the morning and really practicing gratitude every morning. It helps you let go of things that you could complain about or frustrations, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of going right into the traffic or right into the weather, you know, you have this moment to be like, you know what? I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family. You know, and going down this this list of gratitude, it just makes you enjoy life and at least it starts you out on the right foot. So even if you come into a challenge or you slip into a funk, you have this gratitude list that you wrote in the morning to turn back to. And I think that starting my day like that, starting my day with a glass of water, cleaning the palate, um, cleansing my system, um, practicing yoga in the morning and meditation connecting with my inner soul before I connect with others is what I feel like we all should do because I feel like we all are looking like, how should I be? Who should I be? Who should I look like? What are they doing out there? Instead of really going within because we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And a lot of times we don't check in with our soul. Mm, That is powerful. Yeah, I feel like we don't ask ourselves, like, what do I want to express today? Mm -hmm. How do I, you know, you look outside and you see the trees and the moon and the stars and the sun, and they're all shining uniquely and brilliantly. And I feel like we're the same as nature. If we all just focus on our greatest shine, not worrying about trying to be like or do like, you know, anyone else, 
And that's where I was looking outside of myself, you know, but when I started to look in within my path was guided. Yeah. And every day I try to go within. And some people I say, so what are you doing? No, no, you're, you're here. You're in Atlanta now. What are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I don't have any plans. Sometimes I have plans, but sometimes <laughs> I just enjoy not planning yeah. and just going with the flow, letting life unfold before my eyes and watching the beauty of co-creation mm-hmm. of myself and nature, myself and other people. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I mean, what I love about what you just said and being able to check in with yourself is that also when you create that space to check in with yourself and be in tune with what you need, that's also when your body will tell you what it needs. And Absolutely. It makes, yeah. It just makes taking care of yourself so much more easier because you're in tune with what your needs are and then you can flow. I 100% agree. And when you're in that flow state of like, okay, I got this, I'm eating healthy, I'm feeling good. I got my I got my music on. I got my playlist. I'm listening to all my favorite podcasts. You feel activated. Yeah. You feel like you want to create. You want to connect with others. You know, it's a totally different feeling from like going on Instagram and looking like, oh, well, they they have something that I don't have. They're living a life that I'm not living. And you start to feel down about yourself, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. and when you go within and you're just building yourself up, you feel so good about every blessing you have. You might be inspired. You might have just a whole different attitude when you're coming from a stable, strong, confident and fulfilled place. And that's what I recommend since we are in the age of social media. We're mm-hmm. all listening to every podcast, <laughs> um, you know, clicking on every picture, flowing down every rabbit hole and yep. clicking every <laughs> link. So I think it's really important for us to just talk about like what is a healthy way to consume the media mm-hmm. when it's geared to make some of it is geared to make us feel less like we don't have enough or like we need more. But I always think about it as in these, like anything else, like if you look at TV or you look at all these things, you realize that these are just options. It's up to you. It's up to you to decide what do I need in my life or what do I want in my life? Mm -hmm. It's never a have to have. It's like, what do I need? And when you go within Your body will tell you, as you said, your mind will tell you like, oh, well, I would like this. I would like that. Or I need this or I need that. Or you'll realize like, hey, why am I going and buying this? When I woke up this morning, I was grateful for everything that I had. I didn't need anything else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't need this. You'll be able to check yourself. But sometimes if you don't do that check in Mm -hmm. and that that gratitude and it's really being focused on what your goals are and really being intentional about where your goals are, you forget and get caught up. And that's what I did. I, I would forget. And I constantly, even now, have to remind myself because I'm out here trying to live my best life. I'm talking <laughs> to all my friends. Everyone's talking about the next best thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want that next best thing. Oh, yeah, I want to go there, too. You know, we're all. And then I have to check. I was like, Gloria, that was not on your to-do list. That mm-hmm. was not on your radar. So then I have to sit back and I say, okay, do I really need this thing? Or am I just excited about it because someone someone else is doing it and it's, it's blessing their life and maybe they need it. And sometimes, yes, I do maybe not need it, but want it. And maybe sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do that because actually I want to go to this other trip right now. And if I do that, I'm going to, you know, mess, mess my my plans and my finances up for this other thing I have planned. So I think that the more you tune in the more you can be aware of what's in alignment with you and what is for you instead of really being concerned about things that might be for someone else. Oh, you know, I think I know I definitely needed to hear that. And I think all <laughs> of us need that reminder because we just we have so much noise and so much information thrown at us all the time that starting with yourself and understanding what you need and when you feel that comparison creep up kind of going back to that center going back to those values or that goal you set for yourself is such a good way to mitigate that feeling yes it it really does and I'm, I'm so grateful for my daily practice because it really helps me center because I tend to get into, uh, oh, I need to do this. I need to be this place and be this and do this for these people and do that. And I get, I got to do, I need to do. And then sometimes I just have to stop. I'm like, no, I don't have to do. I just have to be. Mm. 
I yes. just have to be. I don't have to say yes to everything because I'm a yes girl. I'm like, yes, I can do that. I got extra time. And I am so guilty. I'm telling you, <laughs> tonight after the podcast, I'm going to go out to dinner. And, you know, I probably need to go to sleep. I've been running around all day, but I did set my boundary. I was like, I need to be home by midnight and then I'm good. Yeah. But I, it was so funny because I was talking to a friend. I was like, oh, I want to do this. Another friend, oh, I want to do that. And I, I get <laughs> caught up. I want to do all the things with all the friends because I'm rarely in town. I travel mm-hmm. a lot. So when I hit a place like Atlanta or California, when I have a lot of friends, I want to see every single one of them, yeah. you know, and and it's, it's, it's basically impossible. So I have to just go within and say, okay, how can you find balance? How can you understand? Yes, you can see a couple of friends and you can see a couple of friends next time. You don't have to mm-hmm. pile your schedule out, get yourself behind, miss out on things, stress yourself out. Yeah. Well, you're just supposed to be having a good time trying to see friends or missing an appointment and then causing frustration in yourself and potentially someone else because you filled your plate up too much. Mm. And now everyone, you're frustrated. Someone else is frustrated. And it's all because you didn't take that time to find that balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what yoga teaches me. It's about balance. It's about contentment like not feeling like you need everything. You don't need to see every friend. You don't need every product. You don't need to go every location. Think about what is more meaningful to you right now and focus on that. And it really makes life more sweet when you really can cherish each moment, making time for yourself, making time for others. You really find that life becomes more sweet. Yes. You know, Koya, I mean, I know that you don't like know me personally, but I just feel like you are really <laughs> literally everything that I'm like, yep, I, I know I need I need to be I need to do that. I need to do that. Like, oh, she's right. <laughs> it's like, you know, my life, you know, my life. <laughs> I I can relate. I'm telling you because it is because you're you have this podcast, you know, you're doing so much good in the world. And I just think these are some of the things that I know I have to check myself on. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of other women who are entrepreneurs. I feel like the biggest thing that we have to remember is self-care. We have to, and balance, Mm -hmm. um, non-comparison, you know, uh, really focusing on, you know, just really lifting each other up and holding space for each other um, as women. And uh, I think when you really sit back and you just have your checklist of things that make you feel the best, life becomes so clear. And the things that don't fit within that realm, they eventually just fall away. Yes. You don't even have to remove them. They just, they're out. Before we hop into our next question, I have to tell you about one of my favorite skincare products. Being a lifelong skincare junkie, I started wearing sunscreen religiously as a teenager, but cringe at the thought of the ashy looking white cast that was often on my skin from using sunscreen that wasn't designed for us. Last year, I saw a friend using Black Girl sunscreen and knew I had to give it a try. Black Girl sunscreen was designed specifically for melanated skin, providing the sun protection we need because yes, we need sun protection too, y'all, without leaving a messy residue on darker skin tones. Now that summer is here, I'm stocking up to keep my skin protected during all of my outdoor adventures this season. Black Girl Sunscreen doesn't contain common sunscreen ingredients, oxybenzone and octinoxate, which are harmful to the environment. Instead, Black Girl Sunscreen is infused with natural ingredients, jojoba, avocado, and cacao to protect and moisturize our skin. They also just launched a sunscreen for kids so the whole family can stay protected. If you order from blackgirlsunscreen.com, you can use the code BBG20 to save 20% off your order. Black Girl Sunscreen is also now sold at select Target stores and on Target.com. Stay moisturized and protect that melanin. So that is like the perfect segue into my next question. Um, I would love to talk a little bit more about Get Loved Up, which is Mm. the incredible brand that you have created. I would love to hear more about the inspiration behind Get Loved Up. Why is it so important for all of us to feel loved up? And how does being loved up impact our health? 
Mm, I think that's such a great question. And I like how you phrased it. Why is it important for us to be loved up? And I think it's important because the more that you take care of yourself, the more you can take care of others. Mm. And a lot of us nurturers, like myself and many women that I know, we like to take care of others so much because it does make us feel good to help and be helpful. We're nurturers by nature, so it feels good. But a lot of times we forget ourselves and we put ourselves last so much, it becomes imbalanced. And the get loved up mantra is love yourself, love others, love the world. But it starts with yourself. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because so, and sometimes we're trying to do all this in the world to do every, everything we want to do and helping others. And I see so many people that have beautiful hearts and want to do so much good in the world, but they're sacrificing their health. And they're so stressed about, maybe doing the most in the world and being the best at doing the most that they're not even taking care of themselves, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're running this race that like I was running, I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to be the fastest and the smartest student. I mean, my goal was a 4.0. I got close. I got a three, eight, but I was upset about that. You know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You're smart. The world gets it. It's cool. You're good. You know? (laughs) I mean, you don't have to have the extra, like, <laughs> extra couple of numbers, you know. But I was blind to that. All I was focused on was that I have to do this in order. And when you, I feel like some of us, we come from a place of not having that much. And when we start to, you know, feel these um, wins and successes, it can almost be an addiction. Mm-hmm. So you get addicted to to continue. And I, I have to admit, I still have these addictions. Actually, it might be, I have addictive personality, I think. <laughs> um, and I can get addicted to success and I get get addicted to wins, you know, and I have to tell myself like, calm down and find the balance, yeah. find the flow, find the flow. Cause Chloe, you're a little bit out of balance. You're not getting four to six hours of sleep. Well, I need to be getting six to eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. I used to get four to six and I had to check myself this just this year. Yeah. And I said, I will stop getting four to six hours and I will start getting six to eight. Mm-hmm. Because even though I still feel good on six hours of sleep and I can still function on four hours of sleep, my body has less time to recover. Yeah. And as I mature, that recovery time is important. And I might not see it or feel it the next day, but I know that it's important. So I've told myself like, okay, you're going to go more six to eight this year. And I've, I've been doing it. I've been feeling great. Um, and so I feel really good about that commitment, but I had to slow myself down because mm-hmm. I was really focused on just getting more done. I have a book coming out this year. Yes. I have a podcast coming out. I got some more surprises for people coming out. And all of a sudden I'm like, I got to work. I have more time to work. Okay, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna do my meditation, do my yoga, and I'm gonna get to work. You know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's okay to be driven. I'm very driven, and I think that's great. But I had to remind myself, uh, uh, uh-uh, you could be driven, but you can't lose sleep. Yeah, you know, you can be driven, but don't miss your meditation. You can be driven, but stop waking up and getting on Instagram. Mm. You can be driven. Do your yoga practice first, y'all. It's gonna be there when you get done. Yeah. So I feel like those are some of the things that I teach and get loved up. Love yourself by putting things in perspective and balance and making sure you are healthy and you're happy. And if you're not, step back mm-hmm. and find the balance. So that's the first pillar of get loved up is the self-care. And then the second pillar is love others. Mm-hmm. So once we have nurtured ourselves and now we're stronger, we can love others, reach out and help another person. Because we're not here alone. We're not meant to just totally be focused on ourselves. We're meant here to be here to grow and thrive together. I feel that we are all one. Every race, every nationality, every shape, every size, we are all here to nurture each other. We all originated from one place. Mm -hmm. Africa, you know what I'm saying? And although we've gone all over and we've spread and we've changed and we've, we've evolved in different ways, we are still one. Yes. And I feel like the more that we realize that, the more that we can learn to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And only when we learn to love ourselves can we really 
have the compassion to learn uh, love other people. Because if you don't love yourself and you're being hard on yourself and not giving yourself a break, when you see someone else, you're going to do the same thing, but you're going to judge them. Mm -hmm. You're going to think about what they're going to be doing. Whatever, however ways you beat yourself up and hold yourself to even a rigid standard, you're going to do the same to other people. And that's, that's away from love, I feel. And so that's why I start with that self-love because the same way that you're feeling like you should go so hard and never give you a break. You're going to look, why is this person? They should be doing more. Mm-hmm. And, and no, they just trying to live their life and be, and you're trying to get them to do way outside <laughs> of what, what their soul is telling them to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it gives you more compassion for others when you learn how to take care of yourself. And I believe in, you know, Nelson Mandela's way of living, each one teach one. And we are here not only to learn, but also once we learn, share that learning, share that growth, share that love with other people because we are we are all one. And even when people treat you terribly, you have to find the compassion and show the love and hope that one day that they will see the light. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that because I think you're so right. We do oftentimes, especially as women, tend to love ourselves last or put ourselves last and then kind of wonder why other things in our life don't work out. But when you really start with the self, you then have Mm -hmm. such a strong foundation to love others, to invite more love in, to create more space for health, blessings and everything else if it's built on that foundation of self-love. Absolutely. And I feel like once we're doing that, we're loving ourselves and loving others, then it automatically helps us love the planet because the the collective energy is healthier. We're being more mindful the way we consume things, the way we eat the, and, and what we how we treat um, Mother Earth, how we treat animals, everything, everything matters. And but it takes that if you don't feel like how you treat yourself matters. How are we going to even have a conversation mm-hmm. about what's going on in the world? We can't have a conversation mm-hmm. because if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of something outside of yourself? Like it's almost it's almost funny, although it's not. But I because I feel like people try. They really have good intentions to take yeah. care of our planet. Mm-hmm. But the reason our planet is failing is because people have not learned to take care of themselves. Mm. And that's why, you know, I really focus the most on self-care and self-love is because I know once I get um, people to understand how to take care of themselves yeah. and what goes into themselves, they'll learn how to take care of others and what goes into mm-hmm. others and they'll learn how to take care of the planet yes. and what goes into the planet. But it starts with self because it's easier to understand because you're attached to it. You're a little bit more attached to your inner working. Mm-hmm. You can follow your soul. You can get, and if you quiet down the outside noise, you can start to get guidance in here. And then you can use those same practices like, Oh, what I feed myself is important. Okay. Well, what I feed a crop that's growing food, that I need to eat Mm -hmm. is important. If I shouldn't put chemicals and preservatives into my body, maybe I shouldn't put chemicals and and weird stuff into the soil. Because if it affects me, maybe it affects that plant and maybe it affects our crop and maybe that cycle of life can improve our health, right? But if if I can't get a person to understand like how important it is to put it in their body, how am I gonna even talk about Mother Earth? Exactly. It like totally snowballs. Yes, it snowballs and it's all interconnected. We are Mm. all interconnected to the trees, to the flowers, to the animals. We are all connected. And once I can show a person through Get Loved Up how they're connected, how we are connected by connecting them to themselves first and loving themselves up first, then we can love other people together, have compassion for others and have compassion for our planet. And we can start to heal Mm -hmm. because we've all endured layers and layers and generations and generations of trauma and abuse. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to start to heal and peel back those layers. And it's okay if crazy things are still going on and it's okay if crazy things continue to go on. But if we can continue to heal and practice self-care, there can be, again, balance. 
Yes. We're not looking for a perfect world. We're looking for a more balanced playing field. And right now we're a little out of balance. I I just love that. And I love just the way that you phrased that and how the compassion really compounds, but always, always relates back to the self. I just... Just, I'm just so happy. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to circle back on that you mentioned, because you do have a very exciting year ahead, is your book coming out, which is really, really exciting. I would love for our audience to hear more about what to expect from your book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. Um, I also want all the details on your podcast. Also really exciting. Can you tell us about both of those incredible things. Yes. Well, the podcast, I'll start with that and then I'll get into the book because it's a little deeper. The podcast is all about what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of diving in, get loved up with different people who are experts in their field. So we talk about nutrition. We talk about spirituality. We talk about crystals and chakras and our, our, our energy centers and how it works, how we're connected to ourselves and the world. We talk about everything with specialists in their given fields, and we talk about how they get loved up and how they make it work for themselves. And that's what the Get Loved Up podcast is going to be about. We've already um, recorded the first four shows, and it launches on March the 11th. So I'm so excited. So by the time people are listening, we'll be March, April, May, June. We'll be like three months in. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really excited about the podcast. Love it. I'm excited to listen. So we'll make sure we have a link to it in the show notes um, since it Thank will you. be out by the time this episode comes out, which is so exciting. Yes. yes. And then the book, Let Your Fears Make You Fears, How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth. And this is really me telling more of my life story. So mm. I tell the track and field story, but I also tell stories that people don't often hear from me um, on media, which is, you know, some of my past traumas through self-doubt and limiting beliefs, Um, some of my past stories of, you know, sexual assault, and the things that I've dealt with that have been very traumatizing to my life, but how Mm -hmm. I've used yoga, meditation, and everything that I've learned to heal from those traumas and continue to move forward in my given path. Because once you have a path, it's not always promised to be smooth sailing. And I think some people think, especially if you post these pictures on Instagram, that a person has their whole life together and they don't make any mistakes and they don't experience any hardships. And sometimes those hardships just might be too much for that person to talk about or express. And so this book is kind of um, diving deep into some experiences that I've had in my past and how I've used those experiences to make me a stronger woman and make me a stronger leader. And I've used those experiences to share with other uh, women and people going through some of the same things and how they can use those instances, not to feel like a victim, but to know that they are creator and they can create lemonade out of lemons they can create a beautiful life for themselves no matter what has happened to them. Mm. Oh, that is so powerful. I am so, so excited to read that. Uh, when I read it, I actually recorded the audiobook, so it's going to be available on mm. audiobook. And I, I, I cried halfway through. I was yeah. just like, because ah, it's reliving these, these stories. But at the same time, I'm so happy that I am able to share these stories because it was very hard for me. It's one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life is to, because when you, you go through it, you relive it. But one of the messages that I give um, so many people that I work with is that when you share, you're also healing Mm -hmm. again and again. And not only are you healing yourself, you're allowing others the opportunity to share and heal as well. Mm. And that's why I wrote the book. Mm. It's because it's hard yes. to express, but it's also hard to keep in because I know that me sharing is going to bless someone else. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love what you said just now. It's hard to share, but it's also hard to keep in. I think 
that is really, really powerful and really, really relatable, I think, for everybody because everybody has, you know, traumas and things that they work with. But remembering that it's also hard to, to keep things in is such a powerful perspective. Thank you. It is. And I think especially when you are um, sharing and you know, you know, because of the work that you've done, how powerful it is to share your story, Yeah, you know, but that doesn't make it any easier. No, you know? not at all. It doesn't make it any easier. And so, but knowing is so funny because I was always writing a book, you know, there's stories here and there you want to kind of leave out and but there are stories that I share in my personal sharing circles and my my goddess circles and moon circles and and with clients and they're like nope put that one in there leave that one really bless my life you know? mm-hmm. and uh, you know and I'm I and I just say you know what life is not what happened to you life is what you make of it mm-hmm. life is how you use what has happened to you. And how you learn to become a creator. Yes. And so I'm really excited to share the book. I'm really excited to, you know, get some feedback um, from others on how they they uh, digest and process. I plan to have a book club where we really dive in deep to some of the stories shared and um, really take it one chapter at a time and just really start to process how we're taking care of ourselves and how we are dealing with you know what we're going through because I think sometimes people are too afraid to talk about some of the some of the things that we experience and in order to heal from it we do have to start to talk about it and start to share Mm, that is that is so powerful and I know that it's going to spark some really really impactful conversations and I'm so excited to dive into it Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. So, Koya, it is time for my favorite question that I love to ask my guests. And that is, what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you? Mm. Being a balanced Black girl means realizing that I am beautiful Mm. and I am worthy of the best things life has to offer. Being a balanced black girl means I take care of myself and I make time for myself because I deserve it. Yes. I make time to do all of the things that I know that will make me feel healthy and happy. Being a black balanced black girl means taking road trips with my girlfriend. <laughs> Um, it means doing things, splurging on myself from time to time. It means not only making time to love on my family, my immediate family, but also making time to love on my, my world family, my extended family, making time for friends and family in the world knowing that it's not all about work Mm -hmm. and it's not all about play. It's about making time for a little bit of everything that I love. Yeah. But not every day. Yeah. It's really learning how to be flexible like we do in yoga. Mm -hmm. How to sometimes be strong, how to sometimes be soft, how to sometimes give a little bit of both. Being a balanced black girl mostly is about being aware and in tune with myself and how I shift and change and move with the world and others. Mm. Oh, I have chills. I love that. Mm, I love the name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's it's something that I, I love asking my guests for that definition because everyone's definition is totally different and that's what I love about it because balance looks different for all of us and how we live in our balance how we live in our blackness how we live in our womanhood looks totally different and every version is just as amazing just as impactful just as beautiful and hearing hearing so many different takes on it it is always my favorite Mm, yes I love and that's what I love about talking to people too because 
we get to hear so many different stories and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a passion of mine just to just to understand someone else's experience. I feel like makes my personal experience even richer. Oh, yeah. Totally. Just realizing that, wow, like you, you um, observe the same flower completely differently. And I think, I think that's miraculous and beautiful that we can experience life. We can be in the same room and being, be experiencing life completely differently. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then to hear people's stories around it is just the best. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So Koya, what else do we have to look forward to for this year from you? And where can we find you? I have a couple of retreats happening this year. Amazing. Um, I have the yoga teacher trainings and retreats that are all in one. Those are 28 days. Um, and the first one is happening in L.A., coming up first here um, at the end of May and June. And that goes into the 11th, June the 11th, which I guess that one would have just completed um, when this comes out. And then I have another one coming up in uh, Chicago, and that one's going to be in July. And then I have one in Jamaica. And I'm (laughs) so excited. I do one international yoga teacher training and retreat a year where people can come and they can get certified in yoga or they can just come to get their entire life for 28 days and do yoga every day meditate every day enjoy jamaica chicago la we just have a good time we make food together we sing together we cry together we laugh together it's just every day is a celebration and every day we take care of ourselves in in the ways that i've i've talked about um here we we say positive affirmations we do yoga we do pranayama which is breath work um meditation we go for long walks. We connect with nature. And then we learn the different limbs of yoga. We learn how to really dive deep in and really do some of the practical application that helps us love ourselves on a daily basis. And so that's happening. And then I have a fun retreat coming up, which comes out. Um, we're going to Egypt. In October. So my first time in Egypt is coming up and that's happening in October. So people can sign up for that. And that's just going to be seven days and eight nights of exploring the pyramids, the Nile, the Red Sea, just all the things that you've ever thought you want to do in in Egypt. We're going to we're going to try to tap into some of those and really um, get connected to the source. Oh my gosh. And really learn learn about our ancestry there. So I just want to come to all of them, all of it. Just <laughs> sign me up because all of those sound incredible. The retreats and the Egypt trip, incredible, life-changing stuff. So exciting. Thank you. And I feel like the, the biggest thing that I hear from people is like, I can't believe how much I've done whether it's a seven or eight day or the 28 day, we do so much Mm -hmm. enrichment in each day, but I still make sure you get those six hours of sleep. They're (laughs) scheduled. You don't have to be sleep, but you can, you can be writing or journaling. But I feel like um, that's something that I realized, like I would go some places and it was just like, man, I had a good time, but I'm so exhausted Mm -hmm. and I'm tired and I got to decompress when I get home. So one of the things that I really um, make sure that I do is I include daily self-care. Mm. And that includes making sure we have a great time, but that we are getting enough rest and relaxation. And we're not just trying to do all the things and like run ourselves ragged. We do tons of things, but then we, we have time for yoga every day, meditation every day. We have time for six to eight hours of sleep every day. We have time to go get massages or massage each other. We do yoga together. We do, um, we learn Thai massage together. We, we just have a really good time. And I'm practicing during these days, whether it's the seven or the 28 days, we're practicing all the things that we talked about during the mm-hmm. podcast today. Yes, I love that. Practicing what you preach and 
creating <laughs> the like really enriched self-care experience for people. I love it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes. We'll make sure we have information for all of those linked in the show notes because those are all incredible, incredible experiences. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Quiet. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for, this is a beautiful platform. So I cannot wait to be with you and celebrate <laughs> with you um, on, if not one of the retreats, just somewhere in life, just to enjoy and live it up together. Yes. Oh, that is the best compliment ever. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you.